Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 133 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50-plus years. For a menu and a list of 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation today, the meat lovers. Brendan's a fan of the Texan. All right, to our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, he uh, oversees uh, one of the largest uh, uh, media groups now in the country. Several of you uh, are subscribers to it. It's The Athletic and out of Toronto. Uh, one of the top dogs uh, for that publication is James Myrtle, who also covers the Toronto Maple Leafs. We welcome James back to the show. James, how you doing? Several. I hope we got more than several subscribers in Edmonton. Oh, I, we got. Come on, you got lots. You got uh, you, you got three writers here. You got uh, uh, the guy Jonathan Willis, who's kind of carved out a niche for himself over the years. You've got Alan Mitchell, aka Low Tide, who appears on another station in this market, but does a fine job. And and then you've got Daniel Nugent Bowman, or as he was known during the course of the Ken Holland interview, Daniel Nugent Hopkins a couple times, but uh, which all gave us a little bit of a chuckle but uh it's the closest he's ever come to being a number one overall pick so there you go you got you got thousands of uh, subscribers in the edmonton market tell me, all right james tell me what it's like today in toronto um there is a lot of anger uh, you know i think i've covered the team for you know, originally from Western Canada, for people who don't know, I moved out here to go to grad school, and then I, I got, got the job covering the Leafs, which has been interesting. I feel like kind of like an, an outsider that's, you know, observing the chaos here. Um, this is the first time that I've been getting a lot from the fan base saying, I'm not going to be a fan anymore, or I'm stepping away from the team, or I've had enough, or that. And I, I think, you know, that's born out of a place of frustration and, and anger and all that with what, obviously, the way they played the last three games. We'll see how much of that comes to fruition, but um, 
you know, the, the lack of success over such a prolonged period of time, not winning a playoff round in 17 years, it's, it's really starting to take its toll. And, you know, the organization's got to come up with some answers. They, they, at some point, they need to have more success than they've had. Have they lost for different reasons over the last several years? Was this year's loss different than prior, you know, you know, last year they got beat by Columbus. That's a play in seat. Like, you know, I got I got managers of teams that some people think are going to win the Stanley Cup telling me, hey, we threw everything out of the bubble right out the window in terms of our evaluation of players. So take that year out. Uh, you know, you had Connery back-to-back years take himself out of a couple series. Was this year's loss against Montreal different, and as a result, did it hurt more? It was worse. I mean, the Leafs were the favorite by a large margin. They were supposed to. They, it was different. They had a, they had a better team. Um, they were facing a weaker team. They had had a really really solid regular season. I mean, you saw them face the Oilers and, and play really well in a lot of games this season. Um, they had they had good goaltending in the series. This wasn't like a, a Freddie Anderson problem. Um, their their blue line had a good year. That's you know a lot of times you know they've been really weak on the back end and they've been had to play guys like Marincin and Cody CC and these guys in, in big minutes in the top four. That wasn't the case this year. You know TJ Brody has been been fantastic since they acquired him. A lot of things went the Leafs' way this year, except for the last three games of the playoffs. So the tough thing is that it felt a lot like the Columbus series in the bubble. You know, really the way that they played when just. I mean, I'm reluctant to put it this way, but it just seemed like they just didn't have any heart, you know, and they just didn't have any pushback, in, especially in Game 7. And, you know, when Muzzin went down in Game 6, um, you know, I, I felt like it was over, and it was. It was. They just they didn't have anything in Game 7, and that's just such a damning thing to say about a team that had the level of expectations that the least did this year. Uh, last year I was surprised, and we had Mark Spector in the previous segment, and he took uh, McDavid and Drysaddle to task in the loss against Chicago. And I was like, Mark, like you, your goalies can't have an 870 save percentage. You can't lose your top pairing defense. Clefbaum was hurt. We didn't know how hurt he was, but he hasn't played since that series. Larson got knocked out after game two, and the orders don't have any depth. You know, and I was surprised at some of the. And that said, when Edmonton lost this year to Winnipeg, it was on the depth. Like everybody, they've kind of backed off on McDavid and Drysaddle a bit. In Toronto, the Leafs had the depth, James, and they got depth scoring in the series. Conversely, how much of the heat right now is on Marner and Matthews? And I go in that order because I like Matthews' game myself more than I liked what I saw to Marner. Well, I mean, did they have the depth? I mean, you know, seven of their forwards had one point or less in seven games. I mean, they didn't get any. When, when Tavares went down, they were in big trouble. You know, they, they didn't get anything from the third and fourth line. They had a ton of players that no-showed. Nick Foligno played hurt, and, and Zach Hyman played, you know, coming off an injury. And they, they just, they had, a, they had a lot of players who were really ineffective offensively, is, is what happened. And when Montreal found a way to, to stop Matthews and Marner, there wasn't enough else there. There, there they just they just didn't have anything else that, that could step up. So, I, I think that I think it's wrong to pick one or the other. I think it's wrong to say that that the the depth, you know, depth was a problem, and also their best players were a problem. It, it, basically, any kind, any attempts to generate offense the last three games were a problem. You know, and it, it, what's different about this year for sure is that good goaltending Jack Campbell was fine. 
you know, he's got a 936 save percentage or whatever in the, in the series. Um, blue line was fine. A couple mistakes, but nothing that, you know, this is the best blue line Leafs have had in 20 years. And it, it really was the inability to convert offensively, which is crazy when you consider how high scoring a team the Leafs have been the last three years. Why weren't they better earlier in the games in the final three games? I don't know. And, and, and that's a pattern. That's a, we saw that a lot last season. We saw it less this year, but that's it, it, the tentativeness. And it's just when the, when the moments get big and there's a lot of pressure, the team seems to play really small. And that's, that's got to be a really scary proposition for management. Is it a cop-out to point to the injuries to Tavares and uh, Jake Muzzin? Um, they should, I think they should still have been able to win the series without them, but those are huge losses. I mean, those are, you can argue Muzzin's their best defenseman or their most important defenseman. You know, without him, they really only have one pair that you have any confidence in. Um, he plays really, really difficult minutes, penalty kill, shutdown minutes. He's, he's just very, very dependable. You know, I know a lot of the guys on the team consider him to be kind of like a second captain on the team, even though, you know, Tavares is the captain. And, you know, Muzzin was one of the guys that really stepped up and, and scored the two goals and, and, and when, when Tavares went down. Um, not having Tavares hurts a lot. You know, he's, they don't have depth at center. They don't, the Leafs don't have, like, you know, that's one of the things that's that's been a problem since they traded Kadri to Colorado as a result of all the suspensions that he took that you talked about, they haven't had anyone that can step in when Matthews has been injured or when Tavares has been hurt. It's been a real problem. And losing him nine minutes into the first game, yeah, it set them back. But I think they still should have been able to win this series. From the Athletic in Toronto, James Myrtle, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. It is currently 141 in Edmonton. James, uh, you're from Western Canada. And obviously... I'm sure you're aware of some of the commentary that emanates from the Toronto market about how everybody wants to play in Toronto and the Oilers are going to lose McDavid and Dreisaitl should ask out of there. As a result, uh, there are smaller Canadian markets than Toronto that are overshadowed by that massive media empire that is T.O. that are not that disappointed today that Toronto lost. (laughs) Is, is, Trust me, I'm well aware, Bob. I'm well aware. I read social media, and you know, people don't only like to tee off on the Leafs and their players; they like to tee off on their beat writers as well. Apparently, uh, does some of them deserve it? Not. I'm not saying you, because I've never actually seen <laughs> seen you espouse those things. But are there some media members in Toronto that you know like to troll other markets, and today they're getting kicked in the teeth back? Well, it's mostly, you know, I think I would say it's like kind of like the the shock jock uh, radio folks, like like yourself, that <laughs> that are that are guilty of that. And yeah. um, you, know, you know, I hate that shtick, right? Like I've always the guys that sit there and call out other markets. That's that's like comedians that have to tell fart jokes. It means it, it's so easy with the Leafs. I mean, the Leafs are such a big target and an easy target in those markets. You know, I lived yeah. I lived in BC for most of my life and and then really consumed a lot of the. Uh, and there's this. Uh, I even think you know since I moved to to Toronto that the animosity between the West and and Toronto has grown. In the, I left in 2003, and I, I think it's even gotten a lot worse since then. And I don't know if that's politics. I don't know if that's social media. I don't know if that. I don't know what. They, or you know maybe it's the way that, that that the media landscape has converged in this country, and 
Yeah. You know, folks out there are seeing a lot more Leafs content than they were 20 years ago, but it just seems like it's gotten worse. And I, I understand it. I understand. Like, it's good that there are rivalries. And I actually think that I think that's one of the things that was good about the Canadian division this year is that, you know, I think that the Leafs and the Oilers and the, and the Canucks and the Flames, they're natural rivals in this country, and they should play each other more often. And I like to see that happen more often. And I think the idea of a Canadian division is a good one. Um so, yeah, I, I understand it. I think some of it's overblown. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know what, Bob? Like, you know, I'm someone who's lived in both places, and at the end of the day, we're all Canadian, and we all love this country, and there's something that binds us together. And some of the the animosity between regions, it's a little bit of is Some of it is, is provincialism, and it's I think it goes a little bit overboard. But I say that as someone, I grew up in a household where my dad was from BC and my mom was from Ontario, and I grew up in both worlds, and I live in both worlds now. So I, I think I have a different perspective than a lot of people. Well, you know what? I worked a lot in northern BC, and you should establish, you are from northern BC. You're not from the interior. Is that right? No, I'm from the interior. I'm from Kamloops. Kamloops is right in the interior oh, oh. there, yeah. Well, we have Brendan Eskin. Kamloops is not north. Well, I don't consider Kamloops to be like Vancouver, right? Like, no, I, it's I, not. I worked with no, guys. It's, it, I worked with it's guys more from, like Alberta than, than Vancouver. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. I worked with some boys from Ashcroft, and trust me, they were they were like a lot of guys I know from northern Alberta. They were very, and that probably wouldn't surprise you, knowing Ashcroft. So there you go. All right. So, uh, and I don't have enough talent to be a shock jock just to set the record straight, so I couldn't. But, I, but, but I'm not a fan of... I, I will say it is interesting, and, and, and here's the thing. I know Matthew's only signed a five-year deal. I don't expect... I think he'll be at the Leafs for a long time. Uh, obviously, our hope at Edmonton, like McDavid and Drysaddle signed eight-year deals. Edmonton's got to improve their depth. Toronto had a deeper squad. Will they have a deeper squad carrying forward here? And I'm going to start, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So the offseason starts now. What happens with Zach Hyman in Toronto, James? If you asked me before the series, I would have been 95% confident that he stays. I don't know if they rethink that or not. I mean, they're going to have to, he didn't have a very good series. Um, he had a very good season, and then he got hurt, and you know he he wasn't able to come back till the first game of the playoffs, and he just didn't look like himself. So, you know, he's getting to the age where I believe he's twenty nine. He's getting to the age now where you're gonna have to start worrying about you know some of the wear and tear. He's had multiple knee injuries, and he's a guy that they they love, and he's a guy that they they feel like brings an element that not enough of their players do to to the lineup. And when he plays well, he looks fantastic. So I still feel like they get something done, but um, I don't know because... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, obviously the game just ended last night. I don't know how their thought process has changed with regard to some of the things in the offseason. I, I, I mean, I don't think they need to change the GM, the coach. I mean, they, they had a pretty good seat. Like, is this just not part of the process? I mean, 
Steve Eisenman went to Tampa Bay in 2010 and inherited Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos, and it took him 10 years to win, including getting swept in four straight by Columbus after he'd won 60 uh, games. Or that, well, uh, Steve Eisenman wasn't even there by the time by, they won. By that, by that point, by that point, that's <laughs> that's how long it takes. He's already committed to uh, Detroit. So, or had he had he actually committed uh, committed to Detroit by that? I don't even know. Anyways, the point is, you know where I'm going with this. It it's hard to win, and it takes time, James. Yeah. The patience is just thin here just because, I mean, there's the baggage of history, and I'm sure, you know, Oilers fans all of that, but I mean, Edmonton's, you know, the dynasty is so much closer than than, than the Leafs dynasty, obviously, which is before most of us were alive. Um, that, that that history sometimes weighs on, on the, in this market, and it, it, it's, it overshadows every time they have a setback like this, and this is a really bad setback. I mean, they, they really folded the 10 here. They were up 3-1 against a team that they were heavily favored against. The The numbers I saw is that it's, it was the second most lopsided 3-1 series comeback in NHL history that I could find. The most what, lopsided. What, what yeah, do you mean by that? No, what do you mean by that? Sorry, James. What do you mean by most lopsided? Based on their regular season records, oh, okay. the 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 the, mo- the biggest underdog comeback, the the only one that was bigger was Montreal against Washington. I, was that twenty ten or two thousand nine? You know, the, the, these Leafs teams kind of feel like. Remember when Washington just couldn't get over the hump, and they, you know, everyone was all over Ovechkin, and it went on for years and years and years, and then they won like eight or nine years later when Ovechkin's in his early thirties. I mean. There's nothing to say that that is what the way it's going to play out for Toronto, but at this point in in their you know evolution, that's what these, this Leafs team feels like is Washington back in 2010. Any sense, and you're on that beat? Any sense there's a change of the GM or the head coach? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, the only thing is that I, I think there's going to be more pressure from ownership to change something. So. I, I would be I would be quite surprised. Michelle Keith's only coach. I think he's coached 100 regular season games, and and he has done so largely, pretty successfully. There's no question he got out coached the last three games of this series. Um, but you know that that's that's one of the things that I mean, if you put a rookie GM and a rookie head coach in charge of your franchise and you're in contention mode, there's going to be some growing pains, and we've certainly seen that the you know the last two years. Any of those older players, Joe Thornton. Uh, I thought Spezza was pretty good. Uh, any of those guys return? Simmons? I think that, I mean, Joe Thornton, unfortunately, looks like um, he can't play anymore, which is, you know, it's, it was it was actually kind of sad to watch him play down the stretch. It looks like he, you know, doesn't have much left. Jason Spezza was fantastic all year. I mean, he had 30 points in 55 games playing on the fourth line. You know, he had... He had an even better year than last year, and last year was a pretty good year, and he's making league minimum, and he's from here, and everyone loves the guy. So I'll be shocked if Jason Spence is not back. I think he can play another couple of years if he keeps his body in such good shape. The other veteran guy I could see them bring back who's UFA is Zach Bogosian, who's, you know, he's from upstate New York, not far from here, and he played really well in the third pair. So if he wants to sign again for a million bucks, I think you bring him back. James, uh, I watched the Leafs roll into Edmonton in late February, early March, and Toronto at that time, after that three-game series, uh, their power play was like I think second in the yeah. NHL. It dropped thirty-seven percent or something like that, right? It, yeah. And they they just kicked the living snot out of the Oilers in those three games. I wonder if they did they peak too early. That's the final question I have for you. Like maybe maybe we saw the best of them in that series. They had a good year. I mean, they they you know they 
they struggle against teams that that really kind of trapped and play really conservatively in the neutral zone, and and that's what Columbus did last year to them, and that's what Montreal did, and that's the playbook on them. So they're gonna find a way to play through that. And Edmonton doesn't play that way, and they have a lot more success against teams like that. You know, the Leafs probably you would rather play a team like Tampa than you know a team that's gonna really shut it down. They just they, and that's on the coaching staff. They got to find a way to get this group to be able to play through that that kind of a, a defensive system. We have between thirty-two to forty-five thousand listeners a day to the show, and another about twelve and a half thousand people that access it via uh, the podcasts. Uh, for the uh, for the minute few out there that currently are not subscribed to the Athletic, how do they get a jump aboard that? Well, uh, the best thing to do is just download our app. The app is free. We have some content on there that's free, uh, and then if you know, you can see what we're trying to do is is kind of take hockey coverage and sports coverage in general to the next level. And we have a lot of really in-depth articles that you're not going to see anywhere else. Uh, we go, you know, we can do two, 3,000, 4,000 words. We do analytical deep dives. We have a lot of really unique writers and unique perspectives. And, you know, I think people will like what they see there. Great stuff, James. I always appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Bob. You bet. That is James Myrtle out of The Athletic. Uh, he's the editor for Canada, uh, based in uh, Toronto. Kamloops, another Kamloops guy, just like Brendan Escott. So there you have it. I, You know what it is? I, I get uh, James Tyler Dello is from, where's he from? Is he from Dawson Creek, currently working for the New Jersey Devils? Uh, and then we have Jonathan Willis. Is he up in Dawson Creek? Or Fort St. I, I, anyways, I, I should know all the community. Well, I know all the communities because I worked up them back in the day. All right, want to tell you this. Uh, old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough or payments or interest rates that are too high, or you want to sell a vehicle, refinance it, or trade it in for something different, Go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Print Ridge Ford. You can call them at 1-877-477-3673 or visit printridge.com. To this day in Oilers history for our friends at New West Travel. And back of the 632 Studios, Brendan Escott, what do you yeah. got? Back in 2000, longtime Oilers general manager and head coach Glenn Sather officially signed with the New York Rangers as their general manager, the 10th in franchise history. He would stay the, or rather turn the reins over in Edmonton to Kevin Lowe, who had spent the previous two years in uh, coaching roles. Kevin Lowe would have his press conference at Overtime Brother and Taproom, Sandy Nesbitt's place, where uh, for years I did a pregame show at another station at another time. What's Reed Wilkins got tonight on Inside Sports? Much more on the Edmonton Elks. You'll hear uh, a little lesson on elk, specifically from Matt Basco from Alberta Wildlife, as well as uh, Kelly Rudy and Sean Fitzgerald out of the Athletic Toronto. Here we go. Coming up tomorrow for the NHL Network, uh, for Mattress Superstore, Brian Lawton, NHL Insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, Call to Hockey's David Staples. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Gregorich from 2 until 3. And then 6.30, Jet Afternoons, Jalen and I coming down the pipe 3 to 6. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad.